Welcome to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. I've got a special guest in the studio today, someone I've known for a long time, quite a long time, and we'll get into that story. But uh, J.B. Rittenberry, Upper Cumberland, UC golf legend, is here with me on the show today. Welcome to the show, J.B. Okay, thank you, Sam. Appreciate you inviting me. It's good to have you, man. And uh, I didn't tell you when I was talking to you on the phone, I I wanted to do kind of a focus on golf in the Upper Cumberland and uh, you were the first person that came to my, my my buddy George Hallford, who does a show on here now. I brought J- uh, George in here to do a show with me, you know, about uh, how important education is to student athletes, right. and, and him being one. And of course, you know, you ask George one question and just get out of the way and, and, and let him go. <laughs> so he called me and, and I started talking to him about the golf and he said, you need to call J.B. Rittenberry. Well, George has asked me a few questions about golf and it seemed like I just kind of got into it and he got uh, he got involved in it. And, you know, of course, George is a talker oh my and, gosh. And, and he loves and he just kept uh, he would jump in and then he would listen and he said uh you're a historian and all that stuff and i said ah, don't worry about it, george yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he's a good man and, and uh uh he's one of my golfing buddies my my george story is you know he came into cookville and got the job and and uh i was at a, a function uh and here comes george you know it's probably the first time i saw him and it's at the chamber and you know george comes in the room and boy hey He's a politician now, mm-hmm. and he just starts working the room, and I'm sitting back there watching him. You know, I haven't met him yet or anything, and, and then I got to meet him, and uh, I got to know him a little bit, and I said, you know what? You're, you're my hero, and he said, what do you mean? I said, man, you, you walk into a room. You can work the room. You know how to work a room, and so from that point on, I called him hero, so if I saw him out at a restaurant or something, I'd say, hey, there's my hero right there. He goes, would you stop calling me that? Mm. <laughs> but you know he loved it. You oh, know George. Yes. Oh, yes. But a good good guy, no doubt. But anyway, the the, the use, golf in the UC is something I think uh, uh, is very very important to me, and will make a a good series of shows uh, here on the the station. And uh, I thought of you as the first one because you know you're probably the one that I've known the longest, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I grew up on Buffalo Valley. You knew you knew my dad real well. Knew um, him very well. And uh, gosh, he thought the world of you. And we'll go, we'll go back and chronicle, you know, your jobs around the Upper Cumberland and, and how you got into golf and growing up in Cookville and, and mm-hmm. all of that. But, um, you know, you lived on Buffalo. You lived right on Buffalo Valley, correct? And, and I lived just off of Buffalo Valley. And I, I was talking to you the other day about, you know, the first time I met you down there. I didn't even know you played golf or anything at that time, but. There was a, a house going up being constructed next to your house, mm-hmm. and they built the foundation, a bunch of uh, cement blocks, and then I don't know what happened, maybe a rec- I don't know, e- economic problems, but it, I guess it was probably there for two years like that. And, man, that was our playground. I mean, we mm-hmm. hung up there about every afternoon in the summer and just played around that foundation of that house, and that was right next to your house. And I remember that's when I first met you. You came out there one day and talked to us, and, gosh, I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old at that time. I guess my daughter, my daughters even probably went out there and played. Oh, yeah. Had, I mean, we, we, had, all, yeah. we had five or 10 <clears throat> kids out there. Yeah, that's back when you could ride bikes around the neighborhood all mm-hmm. up and down Buffalo Valley, and you had the little Phillips uh uh, store right down there where the Correct. yeah where the little mower place is now and and uh, you know we would ride up and down and then back of that neighborhood and never thought of never thought a thing about you you couldn't hardly let a kid do that anymore but uh, and you know, some of these kids wouldn't do that anymore right. they won't stay in the house and play games but um you know that kind of started my relationship with you I, I didn't realize that you had already known my dad and of course my dad I mean he'd just soon be on the golf courses as, as be anywhere and 
um you know there's a history there and, and you've gosh you've worked at uh the country club at, as uh, uh never the country club no no it was but <clears throat> i i kind of got my uh my taste of golf growing up oh yeah and i was a caddy okay bell acres and Man, let me tell you, that was the day before the golf carts. I mean, oh, you yeah. carried a bag for for nine holes. Your 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 player that you were caddying for, he bought you a soft drink at the turn. Then you went and played nine more holes, mm-hmm. and at the end, you got one dollar, and then you got a ten cent tip. So that's really how I kind of got my taste of golf. How, how old were you then? Let's see, I was born in 45, so this is probably 1956, 57, 58, 59. Wow. Probably quit caddying about the time I started high school. I'd won the caddy championship mm-hmm. at, Bell in, yeah, at Bell Acres in 1960. Bill Terry used to have a, a tournament yeah. in the late summer before school started for the caddies to have an overall champion. Wow. So. That was uh, so. Did you know quickly? I mean, uh, there was no other golf courses around at that time except for Bell Acres. Ironwood wasn't uh, created. No, yet. but we did have the Cookwell Country Club at okay. that particular time because okay. uh, the Country Club, I believe, was built in nineteen forty-eight. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, Bell Acres actually started in nineteen thirty as mm. a seven-hole golf course. Okay, I think you played the first. <clears throat> The first six holes, and then you played number nine, and then and then later on they incorporated two more holes on the inside, gotcha, so gotcha. Uh, to make a nine hole golf. Wow, course. that's interesting. I but, did not uh, even know that. Yeah, it was uh, it was built in 1930, and it was the oldest golf course between Nashville and Knoxville mm-hmm. at that particular time. Wow. So you uh, you, you did work at Ironwood? Sure. Yes, yeah. I did. And who was the Bobby Nichols? Bobby Nichols. I worked for him. Nineteen seventy three. I started in nineteen seventy three and worked till the end of uh, nineteen seventy nine. Okay. So, and that was some that was some real good years. Bobby Nichols was an excellent boss, excellent player. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. And he loved junior golf. Yeah. Bobby loved junior golf. That's the thing I remember when I when I got started, and I you know. I, I worked out there for him a little bit as a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, and even worked for you a little. You probably don't remember. Worked for you a little bit a couple summers at Bell Acres. But, uh, on, the, on the driving yeah, range. Yeah, on the driving yes, range. You, loved, you, I loved you it, and uh, loved it. Uh, your brother, John, uh, John you know. Brooks, yes. Yeah, we. I mean, that, what a great job, you know, just to be out there and be able to play. And, golly, it was just great times, man. I look back on that and how lucky mm-hmm. I was. Probably didn't know it at that time. but. <laughs> Um, I mean, Bobby was a great guy, and you know he had those uh, junior tournaments out there. Sure. And re- you know the thing I remember is he always would come out at the end when it was over, and he'd take pictures with the kids, and sometimes he would come out and uh, get in the cart and follow around and watch a little bit. And as a young kid, you know, seeing that Bobby Nichols is out there and yourself too, that I mean that's that was a really cool thing for the young kids. That's correct, and that was, seems like to me now. I still keep up with golf pretty good, but I don't seem like there's any any interest a whole lot in in junior programs nowadays. Now yeah. I know White Plains does a little summer deal for the juniors, and I'm sure Matt 
Matt Manzaro at the Golden Eagle Golf Club. I'm sure he does something with the juniors too. But it seemed like it's never publicized. It seemed yeah. like our newspapers are yeah. maybe failing. I hate to be the the bad guy here, but uh, I feel like they're failing a little bit, especially when it comes to junior golf. I think that's probably the case, and there's there's so much out there right now. But uh, I I think that probably the biggest part of that is you you, you kind of got to get them the information mm-hmm. and and uh, alert them that that it's going on. And uh, my my uh, you know relationship and uh, experience with that is if if you let them know, they'll come out. And but it, you know it's tough. You you've been you've been in the clubhouse and how busy you are. It's tough to do all of that True. And, and get that out too. But you mentioned Matt Manzaro. I've had him on the show several times, just having golf updates, you know, what's going on in the right. world of golf. And, uh, I think Matt does a, a good job with that. He does the, the TBGA tournament. And then he does a couple other junior tournaments, the SNEDS tour mm-hmm. uh, that's in Tennessee comes around. Right. You know, Tennessee does a, a fantastic job with junior golf. They do. Scott they do. Stallings and Brant Snedeker and, and the money they've devoted and given to the state right. of Tennessee to support that is incredible. And uh, in Knoxville area, Scott Stallings has made it where any junior golfer can play for free. Oh, really? Um, he's well, got that a is, that's it's a super deal. It's there. amazing. That's a great group. That Scott yeah. done that. Yeah. Certain courses support that, so they have a, a list of courses that those kids in time frames that they can go, and if they hit that time frame and they hit that course, they can play for free. And that's just incredible that Scott's done that. And he, you know, he takes it all the way back to him growing up, and if he hadn't had the same type of opportunity, uh-huh. he, he would not have been where he was. And, of course, when you talk to Scott, which I've been lucky enough to through Will, you know, Will Brooks, my son. And, right. And, and Scott's been great with Will and, and being able to talk to him about his experiences and um, just to have someone out there like him and, and uh, Mr. Snedeker there supporting it financially. Uh, is incredible for the state of Tennessee. And, of course, the TGA, which you've been experienced with, does a great job right. with that. Right, yeah. Yeah, so not nice opportunities for those uh, uh, kids. Of yes, course, it we, is. It we, is. We want it to be that way here in Putnam County. And, you know, uh, the, the area golf teams, when you get in high school, are doing a good job. I've seen a little dip in girls um, golf. It, mm-hmm. it, Cookville High School last year went to the state and won. They only had two kids, you know, on the whole team. And I remember back when I was coaching golf at Cookville, we had like 15 uh, mm-hmm. girls playing. And, you know, some were a little bit better than others and got more <laughs> playing time. But uh, the interest was there. So yes. I'm, not, I'm not so sure why there's a dip, you know, in that interest right now. And, uh, you know, girls girls can go a long way in golf. What about uh, uh, does the uh, junior highs, it have a golf team? Yeah, you know, they split. And so, uh, right. okay. so all the yeah. junior highs have a golf team, and, and they have uh, girls' golf feeding into that, and, and that includes uh, Monterey and Upperman. Both have good uh, programs. Okay. And, and so it, that, they're doing pretty good with that. It just amazes me a school the size of Cooper High School doesn't, you know, have more interest. And I know that Upperman's got a team, Monterey's got a team, and, mm-hmm. and so they're filled in those teams. So there is some interest out there. So I guess sometimes you go through peaks and valleys. And uh, yeah. as far as the girls' side is concerned, we're in a little bit of, of a valley. But – as I said, Cooper High School won the state tournament just last year, so that's that's a, a, a valley with a peak, I guess. Right. Yes. Because <laughs> the two kids they had could act, you know play very well and and did a, a fantastic job. I had them both on the show, and you know they are very personable, spoke very well, and just very proud of uh, Larry Pitts and the job that right. he did there last year. Larry is he's doing a he's doing a great job. He, he, he loves is. it. He's doing a really good job, and 
and uh, we're, we're lucky to have him and, and glad that he's doing that for the for our county and, and giving them opportunities mm-hmm. there. So we're going to go to a quick break, JB. We got <laughs> JB Rittenberry, Upper Cumberland golf legend, with us today, and we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. And again, we have J.B. Rittenberry, Upper Cumberland golf legend, in the hot seat today. And, J.B., we were just kind of getting into you caddying uh, over at Bell Acres and getting your start. But let's kind of take your mind back to growing up here in Cookville, Tennessee, and what it was like during that time frame. You know, where did you go to elementary school, middle school? I guess it was junior high then. But uh, junior high school, where did you go to high school? You know, how did that all pan out for you? Well, uh, first of all, there was no junior high. (laughs) It was elementary and high school. Okay. But, uh, uh, of course, growing up, and like I said earlier, uh, caddying at Bell Acres kind of got me interested in this, you know, and just kind of hooked me real good. And uh, there was a – Coach Doyle Rogers played golf at Bell Acres a little bit, and, of course – Coach Junebug Jared also, who was the the football coach, they both uh, showed a little interest in me and said, uh, "You need when we when you start to high school, you need to get get on the golf team, start a golf team. We don't have a golf team." Okay. So, Coach Rogers, who was the basketball coach, he talked to. Hubie Smith. Hubie Hubie Smith was the pro at the Cookville Country Club. And, of course, Hubie is another one that grew up caddying at Bell Acres. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hubie Smith and Gilbert Jackson, who is a golf pro down in Signal Mountain. Uh, Bobby Nichols did a little caddying. He did most of his caddying at the Country Club, but he did a little bit at Bell Acres. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, uh, Coach Rogers talked to uh, Hubie Smith and said, we need to start a, uh, a golf program at uh, Central High School. So Hubie said, well, I would be interested in uh, – uh, so uh, he said, I'll come over to the school and talk to some students. And uh, if you have some students that needs to hear this or – be there when I come to introduce myself. Uh, that would be great. And so Hubie showed up at the high school. We had a little 30-minute orientation. Uh, myself, uh, Bill Cameron, who mm-hmm. is an attorney in town, yeah. uh, Bill and Bob Robertson, 
who are the twins that yep. played the good football players. And, of course, their dad had a department store downtown. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was our team. So uh, our first, my freshman year that uh, we had four players, and Hubie carried us <laughs> to a few places. And uh, uh, when we did have a out-of-town matches, which weren't very many. And sure. it was, uh, at that particular time, golf was a uh, spring sport. Yeah. Now it is a fall sport. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's changed around a little bit. But anyhow, that doesn't make any difference uh, whether you played in the spring or the fall. But anyhow, he was uh, he was he was my freshman golf coach. And then he accepted a job over at Arnold Center Engineering Engineering Development Center at Tullahoma as the golf pro. So he had to leave the country club, so they did not have a golf pro. We did not have a golf coach at the high school. So I talked Coach Rogers into sponsoring us and for the my sophomore year. And then after that, my junior and senior year, we had Coach Carr. Coach Curtis Carr, Carr, and he was good. And Coach Carr, he's a he awesome. he tried to play golf. He was uh, he wasn't all that good, but he he loved the game and he loved uh, you know to interact with kids and he be did. a teacher and uh, so. Uh, but that's through high school. That's uh, that that's that's pretty much my story. Yeah, Coach Coach Carr loved kids, and he, he did. He he uh, yeah, I, I definitely didn't want to be in his office <laughs> usually if you were in his office it wasn't for a good thing but i mean he i, I really liked him going through school he was still there when when i was there and, mm-hmm. you know just a great guy if you stayed on the right side of the line he was an awesome guy you didn't want to cross him though um so you know during that time your your love for the game had to really grow you, you had to put a lot of time in it to play high school golf and right. a lot of practice and of course you know, golf is a sport that's different than just about anything else. Uh, and I tell people this all the time. I, I, I played, you know, a homecoming game when I was at Tennessee Tech down in East Carolina with 70,000 people watching. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's third and 15, and I'm going across the middle. And, and, you know, that situation there somehow was easier for me to handle sometimes than a 10-foot putt with my friends. Yeah. You know, it, it, golf is just different. You know that? Well, yeah, and of course, you're, when you play football, it's a team sport. Exactly. Of course, you have a, a job out there to do. But when it comes to golf, it is a team sport in a, in a, in a little bit. Uh, but more, you know, you're out there by yourself. There's nobody can really help you. You have to, you have to pray. <laughs> you have to pray over that ten footer or five footer or whatever, because nobody is going to help you. And it's some, I've, I've talked to baseball players and you know that, that hit 90 mile an hour fastballs and they're all intrigued by the game because that ball is sitting there, mm-hmm. It's not moving, it's not going anywhere, and all you got to do is hit it in fairway and put it in a little hole, and it's hard to do. It, I mean, it, it can be as frustrating sometimes as as physically possible, mm-hmm. and then you can go out and play as great one day, it, it, and you know and that's what keeps you going back every day. But it, it's a sport unlike any other, and you said it. It's it's not necessarily a team sport. If you play high school golf, it, of course it is because you're part of the team. But you, you're out there by yourself on your own. There's nobody but you and that ball. And it, it, it's an amazing sport to me. It, it, when I tell that story about playing in front of a bunch of people, to some people that's a, a heart-wrenching situation. But for, you know, it, it's, it's 
it's all or nothing. Like when you're playing football, you, it's a burst of speed. It's a mm-hmm. burst of energy real quick. And then five, six seconds, the play's over, and you go back and do it all over again. Where golf is, you know, you can't use those fast twitch muscles so much yeah. as, as you can, uh, you know, in football. But it's just a different sport, and it's a challenging sport for everybody that plays it. Well, we were talking about it being a team sport. Back in the day when I played, we played individual matches. We were we played match play. It was not oh. no total, like yeah. team total right. now. It was match play. Wow. And you either, you you played, like I say, 18 holes, match play, and you either won a point you or did. you lost a point or you halved, made a half a point. And it was, a you know, then you, you tallied up for the for the four scores for, for the four matches and uh, find out who won. Wow, so, I did not know, know that. Yeah, it was all match play. Yeah, you know the OVC has gone back to uh, two days of total play, and then the last day they finish with match play. And I think that you know some of the teams that uh, have the the highest totals. I think it's the top four, if I'm not mistaken, that have the highest totals get to mm-hmm. go on to the match okay. play. So I thought that's pretty interesting in making that change. I think they made it about two years ago. But that's a, I think that's a cool change because, you know, over in Europe, you know, where golf came from, they play match play a lot. Yeah. And we don't tend to play it as much over here. So interesting there. So let's get into uh, uh, here in just a second. We, we want to get into your, you know, you, you played a lot of golf. You won a lot of tournaments in, in this area. And we're going to uh, take a look at, you know, what you've done there. And, you know, uh, Professional golf was something that you did for a little while, and correct. You want to talk about that? I yeah, have a particular interest in that, and uh, we're going to take a, a look at that. But we're going to take a quick break first, and we'll be right back with JB Rittenberry, Upper Cumberland golf legend. <clears throat> Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host Sam Brooks. We've got JB Rittenberry here with me today, Upper Cumberland golf legend. We talked a little bit, JB, about you going through high school and your coaches and all that. Uh, when you got out of high school, what was the next step for you? What, did you know what you wanted to do? How, how did that work out for you? Well, uh, <clears throat> long story short, <laughs> when I graduated from high school, we had the state junior J.C.'s golf tournament here in Cookville. Oh, wow. And it was played at the Cookville Golf and Country Club. And during the practice round, me and Bill Franklin, <clears throat> a good friend of mine from Sparta, we played high school golf against one another. And we were playing a practice round. And out of the pro shop comes Coach Bull Brown. Love that. And he's pointing, me and Bill are both on the number one tee, and he's pointing at both of us. You guys, I am offering you a golf scholarship at Tennessee Tech. Just let me know. <laughs> and so Bill Franklin says, uh, 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 let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Bill, you know, Bill's kind of stutters yeah. a little bit, and uh, he's, he's a fun guy. But uh, he accepted right off, and I said, well, Coach, I said, I've got a few things here that, uh, that I need to look into first, and I'll let you know here in probably a couple of weeks. Man, uh, how <clears throat> recruiting has changed since then. <laughs> yes. So uh, I think uh, – this was probably not a full scholarship. It was probably a, a, what they call a half scholarship sure. because you live here in town. You get to sleep at home, eat at home, whatever, you know, so that was going to pay for my tuition and books, I'm sure. Which is huge. But, yeah. But uh, anyhow, I declined 
uh, I joined the National Guard. At that particular time, you know, they were they were drafting a lot of people, sure. and uh, so I I got a I got in the guard, and I landed me a job at Ralph's Donut Shop. Now a lot of people don't know that, but I worked at Ralph's Donut. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I went to work there in 1965, and I worked there till 1973. Wow! Until Bobby Nichols started coming in Ralph's Donut Shop and having the donut and milk just about every morning. And he says, J.B., Ironwood Golf Course has hired me as their golf pro, and I need an assistant. He says, not necessarily assistant pro, but I need an assistant. And, man, I'd love to have you come. So I thought about that and thought about that. At that particular time, I was married, had kids, you know, and uh, needed a little better job than what Ralph's was. Sure. So I wanted to get back into the golf business a little bit, you know, and start playing and, uh, you know, and, of course, I like to be around a golf course, you know, been growing up, you know. So uh, so I decided to take that job and uh, – one thing led to another, and I worked under Bobby Nichols, and he was, uh, like I say, an excellent guy to work for. He was uh, just an excellent guy, and uh, I helped him out with the junior programs, and then when uh, he had tournaments away, he would be gone for a couple of days, you know, as a golf pro, and uh, wanted to play in a statewide event, so I took care of uh, business for him while he was gone, and uh, so... Later on, I decided, well, I've gotten pretty good here working on my game, so I might want to get into the program myself. So I talked to the state TGA and uh, the uh, state Tennessee, Tennessee section of the PGA mm-hmm. and got in the program and stayed. I don't know. I, I was a golf prof- I was an uh, apprentice, mm-hmm. not a PGA a class A PGA, but an apprentice, and I was in the program for about two years, and I decided, I don't know, it's a lot tougher than you think, so mm. you got to have a pretty good game. If you want to try to make a little living, you know, you got to be off, and it was hard to get off, and I was trying to raise a family, and anyhow, I stayed till I, I got back out probably in 77 and then worked another couple of three years for Bobby, and Ralph Smith of Ralph's Donut Shop came to me and said, I want to make you an offer. I want you back at Ralph's. <laughs> I want you as a partner. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'll sell you a half, a third, whatever. I need a good manager down there, and I hated to lose you when I did, so – I thought about it and thought about it, and I said, okay, I'm going to give it another shot. So I went back to Ralph's for a year. And, man, those sunny days, and you see the grass growing outside. And so I stayed with that for one year, Mm -hmm. and I sold my interest back to Ralph on good terms. I left on good terms. And at that particular time, Clotus Randolph – was uh, yeah. had sort of leased Bell Acres. He was leasing it 
a month at a time. Right. And he was making a little money in there, and uh, I just happened to be by there one day, and he said, J.B., he said, me, and he says, I need you to be my partner here at Bill Akers. I believe we can make this thing go. So I talked to my wife about it, and uh, I kind of said, well, I believe I'll go this route. So in 1981, me and Clotus Randolph became partners, and uh, we opened Bell Acres Golf Course. We talked to the Terry family, got a good lease. And so from there, I was at Bell Acres for 25 years. Yeah, you stayed there a long time. Yeah. Um, after that, you uh, kind of got out of that and opened up your own golf shop. When I retired, I sold I sold a bit my part of the business out to Raymond Randolph, who is uh, Clotus's son at that yeah. particular time. Sold it to him, and uh, my wife was uh, she was still working at Tennessee Tech, mm-hmm. and she was a secretary at the ROTC department, oh. and she was there for forty four years. Wow. But anyhow, she hadn't retired at that particular time. She liked about three or four more years to retiring. So I said, well, I might have retired a little too quick. I think I'll open me up a golf shop up in all good, just, just buy, sell, trade, and do club repair. Right. And, man, I tell you what, I like that little job right oh, there. Yeah, Edwards, yeah. Uh, I remember coming by there several times. But, uh, yeah. Getting some stuff. Well, uh, you, you know, gosh, along the way, you know, between your pro career and, and then uh, the amateur status and, and all the tournaments that you played, you, you won a lot of golf tournaments uh, here in town. And it, it's the legendary part of it for me. Again, we're talking to J.B. Rittenberry here today, uh, becoming a golf legend. And uh, the, the thing for me that stands out when I was younger and out at Ironwood is, is when you and Fly – you know, you got together, and the Golden Eagle started to become a, a, a very popular tournament, one that, uh, you know, Jim Raglan uh, had the idea for the tournament, and then Bobby Nichols and him got together and jumped on that thing and created that tournament, and, man, it turned into one of the biggest tournaments in the southeastern United States as far as number of players, and uh, did some, it still does some good fundraising for Tennessee Tech, and Man, you guys won that thing several times, and that was uh, that was kind of the biggest tournament. It was a scramble, but it was the biggest tournament and most well-known tournament around here for a long time. And you guys seem to have a, a really an inside track on that thing. Well, you know, <laughs> since we both worked there and we played golf pretty much uh, three or four times a week at the golf course, so we knew it re- real well. And then, of course, uh, we were good friends, and so we just decided to partner up and uh, and. Uh, support that golf tournament and since it was at our golf course you know so we felt like you know that we had the upper hand and we did for a little bit and then to uh till later on till bobby moved at the country club and i think when when the golden eagle started it was a one day the very first tournament was a one day golf one day yep. yeah it uh i think uh burke's distributing company was our sponsor or yep. something and <clears throat> horace burke's that's right uh yeah and then uh Later on, uh, after that first year, it became a two-day golf tournament, and the entries just kept building yeah. up and building up. People wanted to come, and they was hearing about it all over the state, and it was, uh, it was, uh, it was well known throughout the state of Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and was like I say, it was uh, it, like you say, it was a great fundraiser for Tennessee Tech athletics, and uh, 
But uh, when when uh, Bobby went to the country club after he left Ironwood, he went back to the country club, and then he started a, a three-day tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that was unheard of. That was unheard of. And uh, uh, I don't uh, know exactly what caused that, but we had to have uh, three golf courses. You know, yeah. we had, had Ironwood, had uh, the Cookville Country Club, and then I think uh, White Plains got in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, I was uh, I, what I was going to say is uh, when Fly and I uh, won the first golf tournament, which is a one-day tournament, then the next year it was a two-day tournament, and we won it. And then in '93, when it became a three-day tournament, we we won that one. So, wow. but uh, anyhow, that was uh, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I knew you. I knew you won the first one. I think I was. I think I was about eleven years old, and the first one, uh-huh. uh, Raglan. And, and Bobby had put it together, and I was, I was out there parking cars. <laughs> that was it, that me. was yeah. That was in 1980. Yeah, yeah, they paid me a little bit to park cars out there. And yeah. I, I remember I couldn't believe how I many. I never seen that many cars at Ironwood before. My, you know, parked down the pine Correct. line on number ten, and they, golly, yes. I was amazed at how many people were there. But uh, just a great tournament. You guys have won it uh, several times, and as I told you before, you know we're not going to be able to get all the conversation into this show that I, that I want to get with you. So I'm going to bring you back for part two. Okay. And we're just going to pick up right where we left off in part two. But uh, I want to thank you for spending a little bit of time with us on this part one today and talking about golf in the Upper Cumberland and, you know, what it's meant to you. And in part two, we'll get into a little bit more of that, uh, you know, golf and, and uh, friendships and everything that's done for you in your lifetime and really what this sport has meant to you. So, Thank you so much for joining us today, JB, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get into part two in the next show. And again, thanks for being here. Okay, Sam, I appreciate it, and it's been a joy. Thank I'll be, you. I'll be, I'll be back. All right. Thank you guys for joining us today for Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. We'll see you next time. Good job. We're just gonna pick up right there, Jake. When we get back. Well, that was good. That was we're good. gonna do another I, one. You know that, don't you?